Hello, and welcome to In Search of Black Power. I am your host, Lawrence Grand Prix. In this month of Halloween, October, we wanted to do a movie review for you all. So, obviously, horror movies are going to be big this time of year, and no horror movie was more big this year than Jordan Peele's movie, Us. The complex but brilliant psychological thriller. Now, Jordan Peele is pulling from many different influences as he does this film. And there are many people with many competing interpretations of what many correctly point out can be a very confusing artistic piece. We here at In Search of Black Power have our interpretation of the film that we wanted to share with you all. This is a written piece that was posted on our website about a month after the film came out, and we've been saving this written piece to turn into a podcast for you all in this month of October. So we're going to take you through the different symbolic allusions in the film, the different interpretations of those symbols, and some of the political conclusions that we as a community can come from, from this infuriating, confusing, but nonetheless brilliant piece of art. So with that, here is Moving On Up, a critique of Jordan Peele's movie Us. Therefore, thus saith the Lord, behold... I will bring evil upon them, which they shall not be able to escape. And though they shall cry unto me, I will not hearken unto them. That is from Jeremiah 11.11 in the Bible. Second quote. Moving on up to the east side, to a deluxe apartment in the sky. That is, of course, from the theme to the TV show, The Jeffersons. To understand Jordan Peele's movie, Us, is to understand you're not watching a typical film. You're essentially watching one giant metaphor. As Peele has explained in interviews, and as many others have pointed out, the title itself is a double meaning that can also be seen as a metaphor for U.S., as in United States. And many have seen the film as a commentary on fear of the other, in Trump's America. As the film's poster shows, the film itself is intentionally a bit of a Rorschach test, allowing many to project onto the film what they want to see. On the surface, the film is a simple slasher horror flick. In order to address what Peele saw as genre confusion, around his previous film, Get Out, Us embraces the canon of American horror with allusions to classic bits of American scary cinema like Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds and the classic TV show The Twilight Zone. And even lesser known films such as the teen vampire cult classic The Lost Boys and Chud, an 80s horror film about mutated monsters rising up from the New York underground and attacking unsuspecting city dwellers. The title itself can also be seen as an allusion to the movie Them, another classic horror film about giant ants mutated 
by American nuclear testing. In Us, a young black child has a frightening experience at a Santa Cruz carnival in 1986, entering a house of mirrors and seeing not merely her reflection, but a doppelganger, a child who looked exactly like her, staring back at her from the mirror. As the film flashes forward to today, the young girl, now grown into a woman with a husband and two children, takes a vacation with her family. The young girl is named Adelaide, and Adelaide's family, the Wilsons, are revealed to be middle-class, perhaps upper-middle-class, black family, experiencing the trappings of middle-class American life. An upwardly mobile father, Gabe, attempting to compete with his white friend for the acquisition of status symbols. A teenage daughter, Zora, obsessed with getting the keys to the family car and spending time on her phone. And a prepubescent son, Jason, who wears a Jaws t-shirt and mask and attempts to do magic tricks with fire and scare his sister. The normalcy of the vacation is interrupted by the arrival of a family in the driveway who barge into their vacation home and reveal that they're from the underworld, where for all the fun and happy experiences people above experience, there are people underground who are tethered to them, forced to act out painful and degrading simulations of the fun experiences those above have, like dolls tied to a puppeteer's strings. The rest of the film shows this family attempting to survive was revealed to be a nationwide uprising of the quote-unquote tethered, who with their red robes, golden scissors, and frightening, incomprehensible yells are attacking their mirror images from the world above. Peel presents a basic frame for this film, one which belies its social importance, but undersells its complexity and depth. For all the privileged experience in the world, he is saying that they have been secured through a system of historical trauma and suffering. The film asks the audience to address this trauma in all of its horror and vertiginous complexity. Through layering imaginary and meticulously crafted, though often seemingly random plot points, Peel offers viewers a window through which to reflect on themselves and to contemplate how the horrors of the world, often externalized onto the foreign other, may actually be manifestations of the darkness within yourself. So that is the introduction, and that is also the spoiler-free portion of the review. From here on out, we're going to be delving deeply into the symbolic meaning of the film and to specific plot points. So if for some odd reason you have not seen this film, please go see it now, because from here on out, there will be spoilers. While understanding that there are many views on how to interpret this film, and many of these views all have explanatory power, and add to the film's tapestry of layered meaning. I took a specific approach to interpreting this film. I saw Us a day after finishing James Foreman Jr.'s book, Locking Up Our Own, where the Yale law professor and son of a famous black activist argues that it was political pressure from affluent and middle-class blacks at a local level that was a crucial force in driving mass incarceration. Under the theory that people in their communities who were selling drugs were forces of chaos and destruction, the book details local activists in D.C. pushing against marijuana decriminalization and for harsher penalties on violent offenders, arguing that the only way to preserve the possibility of a stable and upwardly mobile community was to demand forceful policing and longer prison sentences. 
In the process of attempting to prevent communal destruction brought by the drug trade, these forces ironically created communal destruction through the creation of the largest prison industrial complex the world has ever known. Seen through the light of Foreman's analysis, and with a careful reading of the symbolism in the film, Peel's Us can be read not only as a general analysis of an uprising of the dispossessed, but a specific narrative of how classism within the black community produced a black underclass stuck in oppressive conditions and the prison industrial complex and ask the audience to reckon with their own potential complacency in the construction of this black underclass. The symbolic allusions to black upward mobility as a dangerous force which drives otherization and oppression of the tethered ones in the film are subtle, yet taken together, they tell a cautionary tale around the progress of black middle class folks coming at a personal, cultural, and communal cost to the community as a whole, to the black lower class, and even to those who quote unquote get out of the black lower class. Peel's reference to 80s horror cannot be seen outside of the context of the Reagan-infused super predator fears which permeated the era. Chud is the film which most clearly mirrors the plot of Us, and like the current film, this film Chud clearly reflects the racially driven fears of crime in the 80s. Beneath the city of New York are living catacombs, an endless maze of subterranean tunnels, unfit for anything human, unauthorized for anything experimental, Hold it. Stop moving up ahead in the and unlikely to bring anyone down there. So, they're coming up. Remember, the dark is their place. The night is their time. And tomorrow, the only things living in the city of New York will be Chud. Chud. Cannibalistic, humanoid, underground dwellers. Chud. They're not staying down there anymore. The trailer for the film shows well-dressed businessmen and cosmopolitan white women sucked into the underworld by mutant beings. The title is an acronym for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers. And their murderous attacks on New Yorkers can be read as an allusion to the fear of an urban street crime epidemic, which is stoked throughout the 80s. Quick note. If you look at the film Us, a VHS tape of the film Chud can be seen on the TV, which shows a Hands Across America commercial in the 1986 flashback at the beginning of the film. This is precisely the fear alluded to in Locking Up Our Own, with a fear of drug addicts turning into robbing, violent zombies, led many in the black middle class to support tough-on-crime legislation. Foreman's book reveals the depths of this fear, with many instances of community members and elected officials arguing that drug dealers shall only be locked up, but literally or figuratively castrated. The presence of rabbits in the cages underground in us, which is possibly an allusion to the deep suffering created by industrial farming of animals, may also be a direct allusion to the prison industrial complex. Like Adelaide's father at the Santa Cruz Pier playing a whack-a-mole game at the carnival, it would seem that the black middle class at times takes some sort of 
perverse pleasure in keeping their lower class brethren down. Politicians use tough on crime legislation to score points against one another, including hilariously challenging other politicians to take drug tests to prove that they themselves were not on drugs. These same politicians piled on exclusionary penalties to drug convictions, such as exclusion from government student loans and public housing, forcing these populations back into the underground economy of the drug trade and excluding them from the light of legitimate society. In the film, all the doppelgangers have unique names, either stated by Red, Adelaide's doppelganger, or revealed in the closing credits of the film. A sign that these people have been dehumanized and that the film is attempting to give them an identity. From this standpoint, the uprising of the tethered is a revolt against an explicitly racialized exclusion, perpetrated not by some nebulous evil beings, but by us, the black, aspirational middle-class moviegoers. The film is largely, though not exclusively, courting as a target audience. In Search of Black Power podcast is made possible by LBS Community Sustainers. We're in the tradition of people like Ella Baker in the cooperative movement of the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, who used funding from the community as the basis for supporting independent black political work. We're in the tradition of people like Marcus Garvey of the United Negro Improvement Association that used resources from the community, from the organizing he did, as the basis for the power of that organization. Become a community sustainer by investing $15, $20, or $50 each month. Simply visit lbsbaltimore.com backslash sustain to sign up. The character played by the actor Winston Duke, the father named Gabriel, exemplifies many of the tendencies of the upwardly ascended black middle class. His character's actions best illustrate the argument that Peel intends the film to be seen as a commentary on the actions of the black middle class in relation to the black lower class. Gabe is the one who recommends the family go to Santa Cruz in the first place. Santa Cruz being a California beach town noted for its affluence and social liberalism, which black residents have consistently noted often comes with a heavy dose of colorblind racism. He desires to go to the beach to meet with his friends, the Tylers, an affluent white family, shows his desire to potentially integrate into mainstream white society. He literally starts a Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz, Santa Cruz chant in the family car on the drive to the town. That Peel has chosen to make this particular city literally the gateway to hell of the tethered world cannot simply be seen as an allusion to general horror films of the past, but as a specific commentary on the nature of the emptiness of white liberalism that this town has historically been associated with. Also hearkening back to his connection to black community yeah. and to say that he is aware of his blackness, but it's also, you know, he's bought into the American dream as well. So his attachments are, yes, this, but it's also so much. And it's also, it leads back to a conversation of what happens when you make the leads of a film and leads in a story come from uh, a background of oppression, mm. but then they buy into this idea of privilege and all this stuff, like what side do they actually sit on? Wow. So even all these things contribute to a larger conversation. You know, Gabe's character is explicitly in search of prestige by white standards. Gabe is in a competition with his white friend, Josh Tyler, 
in terms of displays of status and wealth. Gabe proudly displays a new speedboat, faulty engine and all, and his family is underwhelmed by the somewhat shabby status symbol. While seemingly innocuous and comical, the boat is an important symbol. If the boat is a symbol for the upwardly mobile aspirations of the black middle class, the fact that the engine is faulty is very important, as it shows that attempts to attain elite status within the metrics of material acquisition laid out by the white world are futile. A fact shown in the film by the fact that Gabe's acquisition of a boat is one-upped by Josh's acquisition of a new SUV. The Tyler family, helmed by Tim Heidecker and Elizabeth Moss, provides a helpful juxtaposition. Both families are fairly well off, each with their own vacation home. But the wealthier white Tyler family seems conjured specifically to provoke the Wilsons' anxiety about their upward mobility. This is best exemplified by the husband Gabe's insecurities about keeping up with Josh Tyler's latest big ticket purchases. You hear Gabe got a boat? He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. We watch Gabe brag about his new boat and grouse over his frenemy's new Land Rover and pricey backup generator. And some fitting symbolism, that generator allows the Tyler's house to remain lit throughout the attacks. When every other home in the neighborhood is filled with darkness, the Tyler's extra generator gives them power, literally. Like Peel masterfully accentuates this point by having the boat be white and having the engine of the boat be the color black. When the engine fails, Duke says, they taught me how to do this and begins to strike the engine with his hand. I argue, this is Peel arguing that the engine of black progress towards whiteness is the denigration of the black poor, shown by the aggression from the black upper class towards the black masses, as a vestige of their experience internalizing the racism of the white upper class, the folks who instruct the black upper class on how to oppress the black masses. Remember, he was taught how to do this. Every line of dialogue has meaning. As the daughter Zora questions, can we all fit? It's designed to show how these forms of capitalist privilege aren't accessible to the broader black community. It also has a gendered connotation. As the material acquisition Gabe seeks is a form of patriarchal protection and assertion of his masculinity. It is not an accident that it's the daughter who asks him this question. Even the boat's name, Crawdaddy, is designed to symbolize Gabe's desire to be a good father. But the boat is named after the crawfish, an animal notorious for being a bottom feeder and scavenger. This shows that the black upper class is merely scavenging the crumbs of the white elite, attempting to turn these crumbs into signs of status and to inflate their self-esteem, even if it comes at the cost of the death of others the carcasses off of which they're scavenging. Gabe's interactions with his doppelganger reflect his separation from the black, oppressed as the film continues to use the boat as a metaphor for him being seduced by the American dream. When the Red family enters the house, Gabe tells them he has money and can take them to the ATM. He even offers them the boat, his prized possession, leading to Zora's retort, nobody wants the boat, Dad. When Gabe is captured by his tethered world doppelganger, his name is Abraham, he is taken to all places onto his recently acquired boat, which continues to have engine trouble. This leads to the scene's dramatic conclusion, where, while fighting on the water, 
Abraham is killed after Gabriel headbutts the boat's engine, causing it to turn on and its propellers cut into Abraham's midsection, causing him to bleed out in the water. I believe that the metaphorical meaning of this scene is pretty clear. In order for Gabe's upward progress towards material respectability to move forward, symbolized by the boat's engine, the death of the black lower class, symbolized through his doppelganger from the underworld, Abraham, is required. The blood of the archetypical, dangerous black male brute is literally the lubricant which allows the engine of black upward mobility to move forward. Thank you for listening to In Search of Black Power. That is part one of our review of the movie Us. Please tune in next time for part two of our review of the film. We talked about Gabe and his character as a symbol. Next time we're going to talk about Adelaide and also her son, Justin, who reminds us of some of the young people we saw in the Baltimore Uprising. So please tune in for that analysis and you can read more of our analysis on different issues at newtonbuck2.com as well as supporting us as an organization, Leaders of a Beautiful Struggle. Check us out on our website, lbsbaltimore.com, where you can sign up to become a monthly sustainer to continue the work of the knowledge production wing of our institution, Newtonbuck2, as well as the political wing of the organization, Leaders of a Beautiful Struggle. So thank you, and we'll see you next time where we go in search of Black Power.